Hey, welcome to Table Flippers Podcast, Ministry of Greater Worship Christian Church in Lancaster, California. I am your host, Apostle Robert Enos. This is where we talk about the issue the church faces and how the church should respond to those issues. Here we will talk about doctrine, theology, politics, social and cultural issues, and how the church is to deal with these things. So get ready for a large dose of truth and get ready for the tables to be flipped. Here at Table Flippers, table flipping is what we do. Yeah, hello everybody. Good to be back with you. I am here in the studio with a very special friend of mine, Daniel Jew. I'm going to let him uh, tell you a little bit about himself in just a minute. But before he does, I want to tell you right now, you're about to hear one of the greatest human beings on the planet. He's going to be so upset that I said that, but that's okay. Daniel's just going to have to be upset. I've known him about a year now. He's one of the trainers here at CrossFit Inner Chamber in Lancaster. And just a fantastic guy all the way around. One of the nicest guys, the, one of the most motivating guys. Even though he'll tell you he's not a motivational kind of guy, he really is. I just love being around this guy because I feel, honestly, I feel like a better human being after being around him. So without any further ado, I want to turn this over to Daniel Jew. Thank you, Rob. Well, that was a great podcast, guys. <laughs> Goodbye. No, I was kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, like well, Rob said, uh, my name is Daniel Jew. Um, been here at CrossFit Inner Chamber a little over two years, L1 trainer. Uh, I'm an actor. Been doing that for about six years now. So that's, you know, what a blessing it is to be able to pursue you know, a really great passion of mine and be able to say that, hey, I make a living off of that. So, yeah, a little something about me. I didn't want to throw out there that he was an actor because I knew he would do that. <laughs> um, and before, well, because I like it when people can express to, to, to an audience or to a person, this is who I am and this is what I do. I can sit here and read your bio, but it, it it's just better coming from you for many, many reasons. But... um. Before this podcast is over, I want Daniel to at least share some some videos and some um, uh, movies or clips that that you can go see him. He's a spe- like I said, a spectacular. He has a family, great family, great wife, great kids, and this, like I said, all around great guy. But here's the thing that I have with Daniel. It's not really a problem. Just something I want to ask Daniel, and I want to ask this question so that all of the listeners can hear this. But let me give you a little backdrop. Uh, when I first met Daniel, maybe the second or third time that I was here, I stepped into a conversation that he was having. And I, I don't even remember exactly what the conversation was about, but I do remember Daniel not only being extremely motivational, but he was quoting scripture uh, better than I know most Christians or preachers can. It blew my mind. I said, who is this guy? You know, actor athlete, trainer, coach, and now Bible-thumping preacher. And he was making me look bad because I thought I was the (laughs) Bible-thumping preacher. But then I learned that he's not attending church. Now, this is not really scripted. I don't know what he's going to say, and that's fine with me. But I want all of you to hear what he has to say. Why somebody who knows the Word of God better, like I said, in my opinion, than many preachers, and and I mean that, the questions I have, one, why isn't he leading a church? Or two, why isn't he even attending a church? So this is raw and uncut right now. So Daniel, if you could answer those questions, because I know there's something there mm-hmm. that even I am going to learn from. 
on how to be a better pastor, a better preacher, and a better Christian? So really good question, Rob. Uh, like I said, just this idea of not being able to attend a church is, is not a true statement because the kingdom of God is the church. And I dive myself into the word every morning. Uh, I break bread with my own family. We pray. We make sure that even our kids are being raised, you know, scripturally. So technically, I, I attend church every single day. So my biggest thing is that I have made the decision to take full responsibility for my spiritual growth upon me right in a sense like in acts i'm a berean i'm going back and checking the scriptures daily to, to see if what this person is telling me is true so my thing is i don't have a problem with the quote-unquote church because i think this is where we have to like where i had to separate because scripturally speaking the kingdom of god the church is perfect there's nothing it's impenetrable the kingdom of God cannot, there's nothing wrong with it. So this idea of who's like, oh, the church is messed up. No, that's pretty much saying that God's kingdom is messed up. It's not. Now, if you're talking about God's ambassadors, now that we can have a whole conversation on because God's ambassadors are flawed. Are, are, are flawed. But, but I had to separate the view from God's ambassadors to his actual kingdom. So it's, it's this idea of, oh man, I go to church on Sundays. That is the problem. Church is not just on Sundays. I'm a part of God's kingdom every single day. I got to be able to pursue that every single day. And I must not allow my spiritual life be dictated by the ambassador. I must become an ambassador. I got to work on me. Right, I gotta keep digging into the scriptures and meditate. And the word meditate is just—it just means like uh, to become familiar with. Like I gotta be familiar with with this. And it's—I—I I, I have become in the past like a very lazy Christian, where I'm just like, all right, I'm just gonna let this person do all the work for me. And that's—that's not—that's not scriptural. Christ said, pick up your cross daily daily it doesn't say all right you you pick it up only on sunday you pick it up six days out of the week four days out of the week three days no it says you got to pick up your cross daily and that that is pretty much my my reasoning behind that and it's not like i don't go to a church I, i'm very like i said I, I i dive into the word a lot so <laughs> but yeah Rob, that's where i'm at Daniel, that's awesome stuff, and I appreciate you explaining that, and especially in that way. I love the way you made the difference between kingdom, church, and the ambassadors. And um, really, that's kind of the heart of table flippers, just the way Jesus went in and flipped the tables when, when what should have been the ambassadors of Judaism weren't acting the way they should have been. Right, right. He, he brought correction. Right. And um, so that's really, that's beautiful. When I use the, word, the term church, I honestly use it loosely because it's, it's, we know that it's the ecclesia, the assembly, we know that, but so many people have made it to so many different things, a building where people meet, um, or the idea that, and I love the way you even said about how you and your family, and you're being church every day, you and your family are gathering, and you're, you're church. And that's the whole thing about church. It's the gathering. And I, so I appreciate that because it brings some clarity, helps me, it brings some clarity to me that yes, God's kingdom 
is perfect because God's in control of that. Correct. But the people in his kingdom aren't always perfect. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm after. And I know we're never going to hit that perfect. If we measure ourselves against Christ, we'll never hit that perfect mark. I understand that. Mm -hmm. That's not what I'm after. Mm -hmm. There's just some things that I see going on with Christians that are, to me, are like a no-brainer. Mm -hmm. Let's fix it so that we can actually make a greater impact on the world around us. And, and ladies and gentlemen, again, th this dude, one of the most spectacular guys I know, and you're hearing it. You're hearing it from his own voice. He's brilliant. He's smart. Uh, he, he knows where he is, and he knows where he's going. He knows his God. He's a great family man. One of the things that really... Um, uh, drew me to Daniel in that sense is the way I see him treat his wife and his children. And it's, it's again, spectacular, something that we all can learn from. I think we're just going to have like maybe a whole month every day of just Daniel, you know? <laughs> so, okay, today's subject is this and let Daniel go because he has so much to give. And, I, and I'm serious about that. I'm having fun with it, but I'm serious at the same time. He has that much to give. So let's talk about some of the movies you've been in, some of the places people can come and see you, and maybe where they can come and see the Daniel Jew and, and, and see and, and watch what you do. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I mean, fortunately, I've been able to do, uh, well, I think like five Lifetime movies, which is like really cool. Uh, I've done a couple of like live action anime movies as well too. That like got generated uh, several million views. You could look that up. Uh, I think it's like Naruto by Reanime as well as Seven Deadly Sins. Another one that I'm extremely, extremely grateful and just humbled to be a part of. Uh, you can actually watch it on YouTube now. Uh, it's Commando with the K, 1944. I uh, believe we broke the Guinness Book of World Records for the amount of awards won for a short film on that. And yeah, that, that one was two years in the making on that project. So that one, I'm extremely grateful to be a part of that. And yeah, at least you could be able to check me out on that. And uh, there's more in the works, uh, as always, because I, I believe it. It's one of those things is my career that acting, I was like Jonah with acting. If anyone's familiar with the story of Jonah, God told Jonah, hey, go, right? Preach a word. And he went the other way, got swallowed up by the big fish, and he repented and went. And that's kind of like the story of my life with acting is that it was in my heart to do it. I dabbled in it in a little bit and I quit. I stopped. And I went to a direction where people will look at it. It's like, hey, that's that's admirable, man. Like I was in grad school to be a high school counselor. I was working with kids with special needs. I was an associate clinical supervisor. I was uh, working for a private school as well and coaching high school football all at the same time. And on the surface, people were like, this is extremely admirable. You're doing great. But inside, I was not, you know, going to the path where I was called. And I got really sick. I, got, I was really overweight, I was really unhealthy, I was sick, and, and it taught me a very important lesson, Rob. It was as in a sense that every person I believe has a calling. God calls people, you know, God ordains people to play a certain role in their life. And it's really important that, that I listen. I, I think 
it's not a coincidence at all that in the age where people are so distracted, their cell phones, music, computers, all this stuff, to drown out the noise that God is trying to speak to us to what to do. What to do? I remember I helped a friend get baptized. I was I, I helped she wanted to get baptized, and then the ambassadors of the church said she was not ready, which is not scripturally correct, right? I was like the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts. There's water right here. Why can I not get baptized? And immediately they got baptized. So I was like, hey, if you want to get baptized, let's go get you baptized. Got a friend who was an ordained minister for my wedding. I asked him, say, hey, can you, you know, help with the baptism? Got you. The morning of, the morning of her baptism, he goes, we're going to wake up at three o'clock in the morning and meet me right here. I was like, oh, what the heck? So we wake up at three o'clock in the morning. We, it's in Santa Barbara and it's like this trail. And he goes, all right, guys, uh, we're going to go on for like a two and a half mile hike up to the cliff up there. Okay. I only have one rule. You must not speak and you, mun, you must not make any noise at all during this hike. I was like, that's interesting. It's like a two-hour hike going up. So the whole time, just really quiet, everything going up. And I'm telling you, it's as if my mind and my soul was screaming. It was just like it, it couldn't handle the silence until finally I just allowed it in. And I was like at peace with it. And everyone else, they were freaking out within the first half hour. You could, you could see it. But once we got... To the top, this this is how amazing this guy is. He goes, thank you guys for embracing the silence. How often is our soul and our mind are trying to speak to us, but we just don't allow it to speak because we drown out with so much noise and talking. We got to be able to embrace silence. That's the only way we could be able to truly listen to ourselves. So it is no coincidence that the enemy uses Tons of distractions that, that deters people from really, truly being able to hear God. How often did Jesus go to a quiet place? To a quiet place. On like almost the daily. Like he needed that quiet place. And now people are so busy and it's so justifiable that true quiet time is not true quiet time anymore. I have non-negotiable time to be truly quiet. And, and I bring this all up because that is my journey in acting. Like I had to really embrace this quiet time and, and, and allow God to direct me to the path where I need to go. And it's not an easy path. It's not an easy path. Like Christians a lot of times think like, I'm following Christ. Why does my life suck? Because that's what you signed up for. I don't know what to tell you. That's what you signed up for. It's like an NFL player, you know, making it to a team. It's like, man, I'm, I'm really sore. Why am I? Because that's what you signed up for. It's a physical activity, my man. And as Christians, as people who say that they're following Christ, you cannot ask for an easy life. That is not what we signed up for. It's impossible. It's impossible to be like, hey, I'm a Christian, but I'm, you know, I'm living an easy life. Now, We've got to be able to differentiate from like extreme suffering to just being a loser. Okay, got to be able to. God doesn't want us to be losers. God doesn't want us not to succeed in life. Okay, so sometimes I feel like even 
you know, people follow Christ is like, oh, you know what? I can't advance in my career because, you know, I got to stay humble and meek. No. No, that's not honoring God with your talents. There's a parable of the talents. God gave everyone talents. Even if it's one, two, or three, gotta, you got to be able to multiply those talents. But don't take suffering out of the equation, right? Suffering is the faith plus deeds that is expressed in James. A lot of people have faith but won't put in the work. At the same time, people will put in the work and won't have faith. The vice versa is true too. It's dead. So this idea of living an easy life, no, that's not why we're here on earth. There's no way it's impossible. So, you you know, to piggyback off of that, Rob, you know, this idea of the church, why? Why is there a problem with the ambassadors? And I want to ask you that. Why, why is there a problem with the ambassadors? Why is the representation of the church flawed? I want to ask you that. Well, for me, most everything comes down to leadership. <clears throat> um, if you see an overall, like, like we look at the church and say there's issues here. And again, it's the ambassadors, but we're, we look at the overall gathering and we say there's problems here. The church isn't as strong as it maybe should be or whatever the issue. It's all leadership. Um, everybody has their personal responsibility, of course. But as leaders, if, if the leadership uh, uh, you know, of these ambassadors, I'll use that. If the key ambassador in a given church is not leading the fellow ambassadors correctly, then there's going to be flaws. It all starts with leadership. We see that in the business world. We see that in the political world. If our leaders are flawed, then the people are flawed that are following them. And, and I know that's not the only issue, but to me, leadership is key. I remember many, 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 I was a little kid when this first happened. A uh, well-known prophet at the time called me out. I was real young, called me out and said, you're going to be a pastor of pastors. And of course, at that age, I didn't even, whatever. I'm still smacking my bubble gum and want to go out and play. But that stuck with me. I remember that today as uh, as clearly as it when it happened. And so my job is to, uh, I'll put it this way, to lead the leaders of God's people, mm -hmm. to speak into their lives so they can speak into God's people's lives. So I have to daily check myself. I remember the one time you were here on a rant mm -hmm. about how you look in the mirror and you say, you ain't nothing today. Yeah, You've got to right. prove yourself. Right. And that stuck with me mm -hmm. because... We're taught to do the opposite in many circles. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're wonderful, you're terrific, <laughs> you're beautiful, you're successful. Right. And I have nothing against that. But right. at the same time, there's sometimes we have to just come to a reality check. Yes. And search ourselves. Where am I messed up? Mm -hmm. I can't lead people in the right way if I'm not even leading myself in the right way. Where If I take the scriptures and I put the scriptures here and then measure my life by the scriptures, I have to be honest with myself. Mm -hmm. Where am I weak? Where am I failing? Where am I off? Mm -hmm. You know, if Jesus was around today, would he come and flip my tables? Wow. I have to be honest with myself. Wow. Make the needed adjustments and then help other people make the needed adjustments in their life. It's, it's sort of coming back to that story of Jesus where he's just get the plank or the board out of your eye so you can help your brother get the speck out of his eye so when people hear me go on these rants on here they might be thinking oh he's just so judgmental i'm not gonna lie i am mm -hmm. 
But what they don't understand, I was just a hundred times more judgmental towards myself mm. before I spoke a word into this microphone. Love it. I just ripped myself. Right. I looked in the mirror and I did a Daniel. You ain't nothing. Let's get it together. You know? <laughs> right, right, right. So mm. uh, in that way, so again, it, uh, to get back to your question, uh, not the only issue, of course, but number one to me, in my eyes is leadership. Right. We've, the leaders got to get themselves together. Wow. I... I... I love that, Rob, and and I agree with you. Because for me, I am the leader of my household. I run a very tight ship within my family. However, I gotta constantly remind myself where and to whom am I leading my family to? And this is where it's extremely important. Am I leading them to honor and respect me? Then I messed up as a, as a man. I, I told my wife, yeah, respect my authority because I'm trying to lead you to a better version of yourself. I That's the same thing with my kids. Yes, respect me, my authority. But my biggest goal is to make sure that you become a contributing member of the society. That's what it is. Even when I'm coaching here, when I did, I'm like, no, don't coach worship. All of this is inside you. The moment where I feel like I'm being put on a pedestal, and trust me, the enemy, the enemy is conniving, smart, you can call it the ego, whatever, is synonymous to me. But the moment where I feel like, oh man, I, I'm doing a good job. Look at this, man, I'm, I'm killing it, man. Look, look how many people I helped. The moment I do that, Rob, I step down. When we I do, I go dark. I go dark because I messed up. I I cannot, as as a leader, gotta be on the ground floor, be able to get my hands dirty. But if I'm not getting my hands dirty anymore, and and I'm and I'm overseeing people getting their hands dirtier than I am, I'm messing up. I am completely, completely messing up. So. That, that is the biggest thing is like if, if this, what I've encountered in the past is that a lot of people are like, yo, this, this preacher is amazing. This is all about this preacher. You guys messed up. You guys messed up. Yes. The preacher might have a, a, a gift for speaking. Sure. So did Aaron. Aaron had a great gift for speaking because Moses stuttered. But what did Aaron do? He allowed people to make idols, didn't he? He had a great gift. Oh, we should listen to Aaron. Aaron is great. Even Moses pleaded, please put Aaron there. I stutter. I can't speak. So I don't care about that. I don't care about the talent of the speaker. What I care about is like, where is that person leading me to? That is the most important thing. However, in order for me to receive that, I must become that within my own self. Yes, but what about your wife, Daniel? Your wife, who is she going to lead? She leads our kids. Also, she's placed in a leadership position in her job. And all the training, right, and all the things that I'm imparting on her, now she is actually applying that in her job. And we see that it is so successful. But again, I can't take credit for that. What am I really, 
Solomon writes, there is nothing new under the sun. Nothing. Even with the technological advances, there is nothing new under the sun. You think I'm going to say something so compelling that hasn't been said before? For real? I, I told this to Rob. You read Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, you'll never need a motivational, inspirational book ever in your life. You're never going to have to seek another motivational, inspirational speaker ever. And I say this because we have the wisest man ever to walk this earth and part his wisdom. Impart his wisdom. I can't afford to buy the Bible. Hey, look it up on the internet. It's free. It is out there. Seek wisdom above everything else. And here's the thing. I believe simplicity, again, simplicity doesn't imply easy. But really, being a Christian is simple. It's simple. And it really goes back down to Ecclesiastes. Solomon knew, even he knew, hey, there's coming to Christ. He knows. But what did he write at the end of Ecclesiastes, right? This is the conclusion of the matter. Conclusion of the matter. Conclusion of... So if, if everything else, this is what matters above everything else in my life. Fear God and keep his commandments because that is the whole duty of man. If that is not the foundation of one's spiritual life, it doesn't matter how much I give at church. It doesn't matter how often I read the Bible. It doesn't matter if I'm like the if I have the most perfect attendance on Sundays. It doesn't matter. If I don't fear God and keep his commandments, it doesn't matter. That is the foundation of everything. The fear of God is gone. It's gone. We must be like, I must be able to fear God. I did not create God. This, this, this pride and this ego of saying, oh yeah, tomorrow. Really? I don't even know what's going to happen in five minutes from now. Really? That is, I mean, the calendar is the most prideful thing I believe the human beings have ever created. To, the audacity to be like, yeah, in three months from now, this will happen. Really? I would say, hey, God willing. All right, I'll put it down there. But God willing, in my heart, I pray, God willing. Because I don't know what's going to happen one second from now. So being able to truly fear God and keeping his commandments, that, that, that has to be the root. That has to be the foundation of everyone's life. We could, we could talk about political stuff all we want, voting for the right candidates, doing this. All of that is hogwash. And I'm no different than the Pharisees if I focus on that. If I don't focus, if my main foundation isn't fearing God and keeping his commandments, everything else is blasphemy. I don't know, Rob, what do you think? <laughs> There's, I couldn't have said it any better myself at all. And I... I'm usually not one that's at a loss for words. But uh, as I, I told you guys, I, I'm going to prophesy right now. He said that you, you can't, uh, this is what, only one thing I'm going to disagree with him mm -hmm. just because of this. He says we, he doesn't know what's going to happen 30 days from now or even one second from now. <laughs> but I'm going to prophesy and I'm going to call him Pastor Daniel. Oh my God. <laughs> I know he's going to, he's probably going to beat me up after we leave this. <laughs> But you heard it for yourself, ladies and gentlemen. I told you, this guy is spectacular. 
And there's such a passion and a fire in him. And he brought it down literally to that root of who we are supposed to be as men and women of God. Fear God, keep his commandments. And that's it. Everything else, yeah, we can talk about other things else and there's some things that are important, but if we don't have that, the discussion on anything else is, and I'll use a, a, a solemnism, uh, is folly. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's just foolish. It's nonsense. If we don't have that in our, if we call ourselves Christians and we don't fear God and keep his commandments, everything else is a waste of time. And um, so I agree with that. And again, that's why we're here. Yeah, I talk, I talk about a lot of things, but what I really want to instill people is getting right back to the word of God. And are we doing it? Are we understanding it? And are we doing it? And people in my church, they laugh because I say this a lot, but what does the Bible say? I heard this preacher say, yeah, but what does the Bible say? Well, this over, but what does the Bible say? And I'm always doing my best to bring people right back to the word of God. So Daniel, you're, you're blowing my mind all over again. So um, I want to wrap this up because if we give them too much, it's like <laughs> you already gave them the appetizer, you gave them the main course, and you started serving dessert right there. And um, I want to leave a little bit, yeah. not just to the imagination, but for the next time. Mm-hmm. Um, so just give us your final thoughts on some things and um, we'll wrap this up. But ladies and gentlemen, believe me, even if I have to go duct tape him to a chair, this won't be the last time we hear from Daniel. He's got, he, he's, he's walking wisdom. Now, I don't know how else to say it. And I know I keep pumping him. He's going to go out there and look at himself and say, you ain't nothing. I'm going to tell him he's something because, uh, well, and you heard it. I, I, he's just a spectacular human being. So Daniel, what are your final thoughts? Final thoughts. Thank you, Rob. Uh, there's no one good but God. I'm a wretch. I really am. I really am. I, I, I'm, I'm a wretch, man. Like, I am so flawed. I'm so flawed. Like, I'm, I'm in no position to ever tell someone what to do except for my family because that's what I'm ordained to do. But uh, I'm working on, I'm working on me. I'm working on my relationship with God daily. And what I tell myself is, what made in my observations and what I read, what made Jesus great isn't really the miracles that he performed. What made Jesus so great is that he mastered the fundamentals on what it is to follow God. Taking that time and really knowing the word, praying and meditating and loving people. What makes an athlete great isn't all the trick shots that they do, is because they've mastered the fundamentals of their sport. And Jesus has mastered and is the master of the fundamentals of how to have a relationship with God to the point where he taught people how to pray. The fact that the revolutionary, you know, uh, the Lord's Prayer, most people overlook the very first word, Father. That's, that's the first time ever. First time ever in the history when we're praying to God, that we're allowed to say father first time that that is how much he has mastered and is the master of the fundamentals on having a relationship with god and that's what i'm pursuing after so i i appreciate it rob but i'm a wretch guys there's no one good but god and jesus and yeah just suffering daily that's it
Thank you, Daniel. You know, I, I again, I, I really appreciate you because you bring um, such a clarity to this thing called Christianity that uh, just a few minutes talking with you and it's just like phew, the lights go on and say, yeah, we can just get right back down to the root of who we're supposed to be. And I so appreciate that. You got a great wife, great kids. Uh, I love you. I love your family. I love everything that you have brought into my life. You know, he was just saying a little while ago how he was out of shape and overweight. If you saw him right now, you would say, you? <laughs> I mean, this guy is in the peak of shape. And just watching him here, I feel intimidated just watching him. But he also is so encouraging that I can't wait to get back. So, Daniel, again, thank you. I appreciate you coming out. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have him out a few times. So, uh, again, I thank you. Thank you for joining us here at Table Flippers. I would love to hear from you. You can find my contact information at www.gwcclancaster.org. That's gwcclancaster.org. Please let us know how we are doing. I look forward to hearing your thoughts and comments. Have a fantastic day.